The message of the gospel is that God loves you and offers forgiveness and eternity. God wants you to know this. But he also wants you to live with that same love. That love for the world that led the heavenly father to send his son Jesus. Today's passage is a reminder that although this love is open for all, not everyone, not even among those who believe in Jesus, always comprehend the fullness of the message of love. And so, from sown seed, fruit does not always grow. The passage begins with Jesus being on the shore and then getting into a boat that moves a little out into the water so that he has space to teach a crowd. I think despite the, the huge number of times I must have read this passage over the years, most recently just at harvest last year, I've always kind of jumped straight to the parable. I've always gone straight there. But this getting into the boat is an interesting dynamic. When we hear of Jesus getting into a boat to speak to the crowd, our mind might take us to a different passage. We might remember Luke's account of the call of the first disciples. He's down by the shore. There's a big crowd there. He gets into a boat, and there's no disciples at this time. It's not until the end of the story. When after finishing preaching, he tells the crew of Simon, later called Peter, to, to throw the net out. And reluctantly, they do so, and they pull in a mighty harvest of fish. And the fishermen are told from now on that they will be fishing for people. That's got to be their purpose. They've got to be bringing in a different sort of harvest than the fish they got in their net that day. Now, despite the fact that there's large crowds appearing all over the place wherever Jesus goes... And despite there's time and again that he gets into boats and goes to travel to the other side of the lake, either for peace and solitude or, or maybe to take the message further, there's no other instance of Jesus teaching from a boat, just these two. That time in Luke 5, where it's right at the start of the ministry and he's starting to call disciples, and this reading that we have today, where we are in a time where um, disciples have even been sent out. We've had the sending out of the 12. We've thought of that a few weeks ago, haven't we? This is the only time where those two 
sort of events occur where Jesus gets in and he moves a little bit out and preaches from the water to the crowd on the land. And some might think that uh, this is because uh, Matthew may have taken that earlier episode, and because he's going to talk quite a bit about parables, he remembers the teaching that Jesus did earlier and brings it with the other parables. We don't know in Luke 5 what Jesus was actually teaching. He's just teaching from the boat. But here we have an episode where he is teaching. So it might have been a bringing together of different stories to bring them into a common thread at a common time. Now, whether that is right or not, and whether it's just coincidence that the two episodes, the first net miracle and the parable of the sower, are linked by the common sense of a fruitful endeavour, we can say that in both cases, the crowd is made up of people who are not yet believers. It's people that want to hear a story, people that are maybe hungry for change, people that want a difference to come into their life, but they're not followers of Jesus. They're simply there to hear. And that actually makes that crowd in both those occasions a very different crowd from those of us who tend to be in church. And that means they will approach the parable, the teaching, in a different way too. When we hear the reading, our minds might unwittingly make the link, and so the message becomes... You know, there's a community out there. There's people that need to be fished for. There's a harvest waiting to be reaped. And it requires those of us that are here to go out and plant the seed, to go and spread the seed. We have to spread it in the right place because the seed that falls on the good soil will produce a bounteous crop. And in that, we'd be thinking of the crop being the world outside the doors, coming to faith in Christ, right? So the world out there, coming to faith, right? Humor me for a moment. Point at the door. Got fingers? Peter Pointer? Right, the world out there. Thank you. Now, is that what Jesus was talking about? Was he actually meaning that crowd on the shore of life in that big sense? Well, in a way, it is the world out there. But if we think of that, we're also a little bit wrong if we think it's just that out there. Because it's not the church that stood before him. 
because we hear the story differently from they would. Not of fruitfulness out in the community. As Jesus speaks, he is challenging each one of them about what they have received. The seed, the gospel message, the story of love and how they can be forgiven, how they can receive eternity. How it changes lives. He is challenging all who hear to think of who they are and what they will do with the story of love. So it's not as simple as out there. It's here. In our heart, we can point to ourselves. We can point to our heart. We receive God's love. We receive the message of forgiveness and eternity. But does it grow in our hearts? Does it change our heart? Are we each good soil in there? Taking that love from God and making us different people from who we otherwise would be. Has it made us God's people, citizens of the heavenly kingdom, living his way? Or are we just people who know God and gather to pray and to praise? It's easy to believe in Jesus, but not live for him in a fruitful way. It's easy to sing hymns or read scripture and not live for God in a fruitful way. The atheist Richard Dawkins is on record as saying, I'm thoroughly in favor of educating people in this country in the Bible. That's because he acknowledges its literary nature, if not its spiritual. You know, you can read the scriptures. You can join a choir and sing hymns. But it doesn't mean your heart is being changed. Your heart might be changed by those words. It depends on what sort of soil is in there and whether you're ready to examine yourself and catch that story and hold it tight and say, I want this story for me. It's easy to lift up prayers to God, sharing our concerns for our life, for our friends, for our family, for the world around, and yet still be living lives that don't build the kingdom. For us to want God's kingdom to be coming, but actually living a life that doesn't build the kingdom. And in fact, does the opposite. Lives that are not fruitful, that don't produce a crop. Jesus' parable asks the listener, what sort of person are you? 
What soil are you made out of? And the sower is extremely extravagant. He scatters the seed everywhere. And there was probably those in the crowd that went, what on earth is he talking about? No real farmer in a time of recorded history would, would have taken their seed and been as wasteful as this sower. You know, oh, there's a path there. I'll just scatter some seed on it. There's weeds and thorns. Oh, yeah, they can have some seed too. He sows it everywhere. And this is because it's a God who loves everyone. Whoever we are, however distant we are, whatever we might then do with that love, God offers us that love in Jesus. It goes onto the shallow ground. It goes among the thorns. Oh, come on, Jesus, the listeners would be thinking. But they have to realize it's not about seeds being planted. It's about what sort of person they are. It holds up the mirror. Who do you see? How does the gospel affect you? Say, God loves those who spend their time looking at their neighbor's wealth and saying, I wish I had some of that. God loves those that might steal or cheat. God loves those who may threaten violence. God loves those that have a personal ambition that they're willing to do anything about. He loves everyone. But he also calls for change. He says, as I tell you the story, are you going to change? Are you going to receive it? Are you going to be different? It may be that those who are good soil still go through pain and suffering. It may be that those that are good soil and that are seeking to be true followers find that their hopes are not being fulfilled. But even in these challenges that they face, their fruitfulness for God, their kindness and goodness, their patience, their gentleness, that will be growing. Indeed, the, the fruit of the Spirit that Paul writes about in Galatians 5, the fruit that we have displayed on the board through in the hall, 
um, where we can go and have coffee after the service, that should be growing in all the fertile hearts. And God is slow to anger and swift in love. Is it, does that reflect us? Are we God's people in that way? Do we seek the goodness and share his mercy? This growth is not about taking on more. It's not about doing any particular action for the church or in the world outside. It's about how our hearts are reshaped day on day in a way that reflects the Lord and changes who we are. And as the seed grows in here, in each of us individually, the church itself will grow in love. And as we grow in love in this place, it will be seen out there. And the kingdom will grow out there when the love grows in here, when it grows in here. But we have to look at ourselves in the way that Jesus challenges in this parable and say, what sort of soil are we? Am I the person who has good soil? May we be people of good soil, seeking to remove the thorns and rocks of our life and allowing firm, faithful roots to grow in our heart so that the love of God may overflow and may be seen by all those that we meet. Amen.